0: Uh, I'm going to have to stop right here. I have to take a piss really bad. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah, I know. There's, so, do you use the floor here?
1: If you... Use the, <laughs> <laughs> the hand Just, uh, You can hit the... air. The, I'll just walk up.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Beer and Loving Podcast. Thanks again for joining us on this epic adventure of thinly veiling our alcoholism with the excuse that we're recording a podcast. I must be drunk already because I slurred that. Holy shit though, this is the first time I've ever been remote. I'm Pete M, joined by my friend Mitch at his place, Speciation Brewing in Comstock Park, Michigan. And as always, Sam is joining us in Denver. Hey, how's it going, Mitch? What are we drinking?
1: Uh, Right now we are drinking Genetic Drift Batch 2, dry hopped with uh, mosaic and saws. And this started as basically like an American farmhouse ale, just because we don't have a better term for it, but it's a Brett and Saison yeast fermented uh, beer. Pretty heavily dry hopped.
0: Right on. Yeah, it's delicious. It's got this like really pretty gold-yellow color to it. What are you drinking, Sam?
2: I am also, by uh, the magic of... FedEx, maybe? Uh, drinking some of Mitch's beer. I got uh, the incipient golden sour ale. God, maybe I'm drunk too. And I've only had three sips. <laughs> Strong stuff, man. And uh, I'm also drinking the uh, dry hop version. And I am looking at the one with black currant, but uh, I might have to save that one for another occasion because I think two bottles of beer, even if they are 6%, that might uh, do me in for the night. <laughs>
0: But you're going to a hockey game. Don't, don't you have to be like hammered drunk before you do that? I, mean, I think so. It, yeah. Like yeah. That's, yeah. A that's a yeah. requirement, yeah. certainly.
2: Get my fight juice uh, all set up before going to the hockey <laughs> game. <juice>. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> because if you don't do it now, you're going to have to pay like $8 a beer while you're there. So, I mean.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I'll be drinking fucking either Coors or – apparently Bud is everywhere in the the hockey stadium. Yeah, now, it's so.
1: definitely a major sponsor there. Yeah. I well, on the plus why, side, I don't know. I don't know why they would. be I a could settle course for course it. definitely though.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and now at least if I'm really really hard up, I can get a Breckenridge now that Breck's under the uh, oh. a B umbrella. So. Oh wow. Nitro four seventy one cans at my uh, stand across the, from where my seats are. So, got that going for me. That's all right. This. Sorry, I just inhaled it. <laughs> that's that's not how you're supposed to drink that, right? Probably not. The, this is really there are good
0: better initially. ways to drink
2: beer, Sam. There are better ways, but I like to be non-conventional. Maybe
1: you get better aromatics that way. I'm not. That's <laughs> yeah. true. I don't yeah. know. Yeah.
2: When you, you aspirate a, it, it just uh, really opens that up. You get a mouthfeel at like a molecular level at that point. <laughs> yeah, I get to mouthfeel it too when I hack it back up. Yeah, but no, I, I really like this. So I, uh, I'm. When it comes to sours, I'm in the
1: moderate level,
2: Uh and this is like my perfect level of of sour, tart, however you want to kind of consider it.
1: Yeah, we uh, really try to keep the sour or tart level or whatever you want to call it to a reasonable, drinkable level. Sometimes we get a little carried away with that, but but we do really try to keep it drinkable because – I don't know. What's the point if it's so sour you can't even drink it? Yeah, right. There's a beer like that. Uh, uh, It's like their Wild Sour series.
0: God, I can't remember what it is. I like but to steal. Yeah, yeah, the purple one. I can't remember what that is either, but
1: yeah, holy fuck, that's like borderline undrinkable. They're pretty damn tart, yeah. definitely.
2: There's a couple of Russian rivers, too, that give me that like that jaw cramp yeah. when you've had <laughs> way too many uh, fucking sour sprees or something. Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Warheads. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the jaw, the, the jaw pain. Yeah, yeah, that weird. I don't know what that is.
0: I don't it's know like what that, that is either. I should I'm, really I'm know. I'm pointing like underneath my I know jaw exactly. right now. Like, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, it's like right underneath your lower jaw. I don't yeah. even get it on the upper jaw. Nope.
2: No, it's all the. Lo- it's like you're getting lockjaw. You, you know, you're like, oh, I better fight this off or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like
0: you're you're a junkie and you need your sour fix at that yeah. point. Like I just, I just need it now. <laughs> so bad
2: it hurts. Yeah, hurts so good for some people apparently, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch, tell us a little bit about, uh, what you guys do at speciation? Cause you guys are unique, um, from other breweries that we've talked to and that you cultivate your yeast very, very specifically and specially.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we, we do, I don't even know how to explain it really. We make quick ish turning, uh, farmhouse ales and sours, um, with yeast from all over the place. So, um, I buy some of my yeast from you know a lab. BSI is a lab that I like a lot, Yeast bay. Um, so that's maybe 25% of the the yeast in the in the blend. and then uh, I use um, some yeast that I I cultured myself from uh, my parents. I think it's a crab apple tree. It's like a okay. weird it's like a weird decorative tree in their front yard. Oh that's uh, really cool. That grows crab apples. So I got one one yeast sample off of that, and then um I use a little bit of Belle Saison in pretty much every single batch. So and then I open ferment as well, so I'm definitely collecting something from the air here. And <laughs> I don't know what it is, but uh, <laughs> So far so good. So I far <laughs> exceeds expectations. Uh but so so yeah, we, we I don't I don't like to say that we're like completely wild or anything at this point the goal the goal is to be someday only using wild strains basically from spontaneous beers but that's going to take years and years for you know for that to happen so sure um, so what is the process even of getting to that point uh getting to that point that that's just going to require me brewing a lot of spontaneous beers and then uh taking samples from each barrels and you know using yeast from barrels that i really like um, so we did that a lot at Black Project, too, where, you know, if if a barrel was particularly great, we would kind of breed it. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely plan on doing the same thing or something similar here. Um, but... That's so that's so far. It's like sure. a year, you know, probably a year or two down the road. So it's I sort of like
0: you find the uh, like in horticulture, you find like the mother plant, and then you sort of clone off of yeah. that. I'm not talking about drugs, <laughs> uh, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> talking about, talk about plants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just plants. Some plants that so you just want the females of. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of, I just took a drug test today too, so definitely pass that because I don't do drugs. <laughs>
2: Just put it all out there today.
0: <laughs> Silence. Yeah. Just crickets. Like, everybody's like, no, you're a fucking liar.
2: The hamster's just running in my head like, how do you respond to that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's
0: really cool, though. That's, that's a really interesting process.
1: So, uh, yeah, we the, uh, d- we are really all about fermentation here. We don't have a brew house or anything like that, so... Uh, it's not, you know, in Colorado, that's pretty common to not have a brew house. But here I tell people and they're like, what the hell are you thinking? (laughs) Like, seriously, I tell some brewers what I'm doing and they're like, you're insane. Why would you not have your own brew house? I'm like, well, because it's really expensive (laughs) to to install a (laughs) brew house. And when there are plenty of other brew houses around that sit unused, you know, most, most of the week, why not take advantage of that? So yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, we're really all about fermentation, and I, I plan on keeping it that way for the foreseeable future. Um, just because it gives me freedom to do a lot more. I think I just get basically three base worts, and I kind of work with those and blend them and right up that kind of stuff.
2: Well, that's cool. I mean, that makes you know the worts kind of your canvas, and then the yeast and whatever kind of else stuff you add into it's what you're using for you know your
1: paints basically. Yeah. Then definitely. It's the, the yeast and the hops and the, you know, fruit or whatever else I'm adding. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So
2: Mitch, I had a question about, so when you do find like, you know, a wild strain that you do like, mm-hmm. um, is that something that you can continually like keep reusing from a batch or do you have to like re acquire it? Cause I've in, in my little homebrew adventures, I've tried to reuse yeast from batches, you know, after it's fermented out, you know, save some of the trub, you know, make sure there's yep. not any vegetable matter or anything in there with the hops. And then I've, you know, kind of read and heard that, you know, there's only so many quote unquote generations you can go through before the yeast might start to mutate or yeah. just in general get kind of funky. Is that the same story with some of these wild yeasts? So you have to kind of go and like recapture them or
1: Well, are I, they... I think recapturing is kind of, it's probably not a practical option uh, just because there are so many yeasts out there and uh the chances of capturing the same one would be pretty difficult um okay at least the way i do it i mean i'm sure much more talented people could could figure it out but uh so what i do i do two different things basically to maintain something once i finally find something which takes i'd say for my success rate it's been like one in a hundred uh samples has have been really you know something that i can actually use so okay. so the way I do things is uh, I keep my own mixed culture sample here. So I try to keep a mason jar or a carboy or something filled with uh, that culture that I really like that, you know, may have started in a mason jar 10 generations ago or something. Um, so I keep that going. And anytime I inoculate something with it, I will uh, top it back up with wort immediately uh, and just kind of... Let it, let it keep going. I don't really care if it mutates. doesn't matter to me. Uh, so, so that's method one. I also, uh, when I find something I like, I send it to Bootleg Biology, which is a small uh, wild yeast lab in Nashville. Um, okay. They're really great. Um, and they have this uh, project where they collect yeast samples from all around the country and bank them. Um, so it goes by zip code so basically they want to find a yeast a unique yeast for each zip code in the whole country wow um, and it's it's a pretty ridiculous uh uh goal but they're doing really yeah. well and they they have a massive bank of of truly 100 percent wild yeast that you know they have just tons of home brewers and pro brewers that are interested in this kind of stuff uh, taking samples and sending them in. So what do they do when they have them? Do they just store them, or can they be requested back yep, out? Yep, yep, exactly. Cool. So they 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 do all of the above. So they'll. Uh, I've I've sent them uh, samples, and I I don't really plate anything out or anything here. I will in the future, but right now I can. I barely have enough time to do everything else I have to do. So for now, if I have a mixed culture I like, I send it to him, uh, Jeff Mello, and he uh, he basically plates it out and he isolates it. Uh, and last one I sent him, he found a really good, uh, lactic acid bacteria and he isolated that one. Hmm. And then he also found a, uh, a yeast strain, a wild yeast strain. So, uh, and then he'll store them there. And if I ever want to order, you know, a pitchable amount, he can grow it up for me as a custom pitch. Um, Holy so, shit. Yeah, that is, that is insane. It's pretty awesome. That's so, so, cool. so we have one on bank with him now. The, the crab apple yeast that I really like. Uh, and, uh, I have my own culture here, obviously, from the the original uh, uh, sample, Um, but I'm going to make a beer with that within the year, uh, probably sooner than later, but um, just to see, you know, on a full scale batch, what it, what it really tastes like. So sure. I'm really, really excited about that one.
0: Do you have any sort of background in, in chemistry or... Nope. No? No. Just so, a... so it was brewing that led you to this rather than yeah. a science leader to brewing? Then? It's
1: kind of both because I've always been a huge science nerd, uh, okay. but it's never been like... I've never really focused on anything in particular. I've just always been a nerd. Sure. So always been interested in, you know, biology mostly, but... Uh, all kinds of nerdy topics right so, on. Okay. So yeah, but, but kind well, of a in combination good company with so. Sam and I, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the beer, yeah. the beer in this case led me to, uh, to this, but cool. Right on.
2: That's great. And you kind of mentioned earlier, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned black project. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about kind of your tie in with them. Cause I mean, um, I'm, I'm not even fairly certain. I've heard kind of the entire story of how you wound up here with former future slash black project yeah. and move back. Cause uh, it was right around the time we started doing this very regularly. And we had Jeff Ehrman on. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I think he was actually recording with us the night of your going away party. Oh. And, and and like I might have mentioned to you when I first messaged you, you, your name has come up on this podcast more than I think our own names. Yeah, it's, at yeah, no yeah, it's pretty <laughs> nuts, dude. We talk I mean, about we'll, you like at least had, every other episode. It's I weird. did
1: not know that. That's <laughs> kind of creepy. Yeah, this is the Mitch <laughs> yeah. podcast. I don't know. Like, this <laughs> is our of, holy
0: grail of episodes right here. Bunch of creepers.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. A long time coming. Or, you know, or you're just a popular guy around Denver, one of the two. I don't know. It's which. probably
0: the latter, just because I'm sitting with him, and it's creepy. Otherwise, it's definitely the
1: latter. We're not sitting in a creepy empty warehouse, right? No, now. definitely not. Pete's
2: Pete sitting <laughs> there, wide eyed with a grin on his face. <laughs> yeah. No, this is cool. This is fine. Don't my, worry. My hood's pulled up.
0: I have a flashlight for some reason underneath my chin. Don't know why. <laughs> Just
2: check his hands. Check his hands.
1: We did lose power last week and we had to do a couple of bottling runs uh, without power. So I definitely did uh, hold the flashlight up a couple of times. Nice. Uh, okay. Yeah. It was fun times here in the third world country of <laughs> Grand <Comstock> Rapids. <laughs> yeah, Comstock Park. <laughs> where, where a windstorm knocks out our power for four days. Wow. You guys lost power for four days. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Uh, Yep, we had to bottle in the dark. Luckily, we can do that, yeah. uh, but it, it definitely sucked. Yeah, right on. Uh, so the, the Black Project tie-in, we can get to that. Um, I, uh, I'm originally from Holland, Michigan. I uh, moved to Grand Rapids as soon as I you know, 18 or 19 or something like that. Um, and then I got a job when I was like 23 or 24, um, working at a homebrew shop. That was kind of my first job in the in in the industry, um, nice. O'Connor's Homebrew Supply here in Grand Rapids. Uh, so I worked with them for about a year and a half, and then uh, I decided that I needed to be an adult for some reason. I don't know why I decided that. <laughs> uh, family influence, I think maybe. For and the birds, man, shit <laughs> sucks. Yeah, it's just so many people were telling me like, oh, "You're not going to have a successful career in beer. You should just you know get a real job." And so I did, and. It was nice and it paid well, but I was bored. Uh, so, so, yep. uh, so my wife had a really stressful job. She's a social worker, and she, uh, I think, like she had a super stressful job. And one day, a kid bit her, and we were just like, "Okay, we're we're just out get of the here." Out yeah, of exactly, here. <laughs> exactly. We're like, it's time to do something different. Uh, and so, we both made lists of. Uh, of uh, you know places that we wanted to move to, and uh, Denver was the second on both of our lists, basically. So we just were like, "Okay, we're going to Denver." I had never even been there. Uh, I just oh wow! I just knew that the beer scene was blowing up, and a lot of my favorite music was from Denver. So I was like, "Okay, we're going to Denver." And then we decided that in like August, and then Whitney had moved there by October. So oh, it was wow, it so was super fast. and we like own a house here Damn. in Grand Rapids and we we had been here for a while, but we were just like we were just ready to get out. So, yeah, for sure. And I wanted to get in the beer industry. I kinda saw this as my opportunity to even if I didn't become a brewer or anything, I was just like this is a good opportunity to kind of re restart, basically. Uh and so I applied at all bunch of you know, a whole bunch of breweries, um and then Funnily enough, uh, one of Whitney's coworkers at her new job in Denver, because she moved out a month and a half before me, uh, was really into the beer scene, and she told Whitney about former future. She's like, "Hey, they're they're going to open up soon. Your husband should apply." And so I applied, got an interview, and James and Sarah and I just like hit it off immediately. Uh, like I walked in the door, and we we all just hit it off right away. Hmm, that's awesome. So. Um, I was pretty certain that I had the job just from, like, five minutes into the interview because we were getting along so well. Uh, and then they called me back later, and I had the job as a bartender. Okay. All right. So <laughs> it's an in, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's a foot. It's yeah. A foot there. So, but I ended up brewing before I even started bartending because uh, I, I think that I was one of the only ones with, like, home brewing experience or anything. So James just asked me to come in and help him brew the first couple of batches unpaid he's just like hey do you want to come in help hang out whatever and so I did that and I just kept every single brew day I just kept coming back and uh, eventually (laughs) uh, a lot of people get into the industry that way uh, or they did in the past before degrees were really a thing but um, I just kept showing up and uh, eventually it was like okay well we're gonna start paying you you know your bartending rate or whatever to brew and so I started being the assistant brewer and then did that for a couple months. And then I got to a point where I was like brewing basically every, every beer or almost, <laughs> almost every beer. Awesome. I mean, they weren't my recipes, but, uh, I was the one brewing. So it was eventually is at that at the point where I was like, well, I guess I'm the brewer now, uh, which was pretty, pretty <laughs> awesome. That's a pretty cool. Yeah. To app, a yeah. A, yeah.
2: Pretty I cool revelation is to say they were like, yeah, I am a brewer
1: now. Look at yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take
2: that, Mom and Dad and Aunt Sally. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. Exactly. So, uh, did that and then eventually, you know, took over basically uh, grain to glass operations at Former Future. So, I was, you know, brewing it and then doing all the cellar work and putting it on tap and then bartending too. Wow. So, <laughs> So yeah, some days, like Thursdays in particular, I remember, uh, I almost always brewed on Thursdays and I always bartended every Thursday night. So those ended up being like, I'd get in relatively early, like six or seven. And then I wouldn't leave until like 11, basically every God single, damn. every single Thursday. And sometimes I had to brew again on Friday. So I'd get out of work at 11 or whatever, and then, uh, ride my bike home. Cause I didn't have a car. Uh, and then, uh get up six hours later and ride my bike back to work and brew uh, that's
2: that sounds like such a denver story right there definitely yeah.
1: work your ass off and then uh yeah. ride your bike home yeah exactly
2: Fridays For 17 were awesome, 18 though. hours yeah so. exactly
1: fridays were awesome though because friday afternoon i just drink uh <laughs> that was
2: that yeah. was your day of solace yeah
1: exactly so So, with the whole Black project thing, James and I just randomly started experimenting. He had always wanted to do cool shit beers and spontaneous beers um, so pretty early on, like almost the first month we started experimenting with uh throwing our stock pot up on the roof and uh, putting putting beer into it i actually <laughs> I actually screwed up one batch, and so we ended up with like fifty gallons extra uh, <laughs>
2: God. Yeah, I, th- I threw in a
1: whole. I think at least one extra bag, maybe two extra bags, into a what was supposed to be a very low alcohol beer, and uh, I realized like immediately, and was like, "Oh boy, we got a <laughs> we got a situation here." So we had extra work. So we were just like, "Okay, well, let's just throw it up on the roof and we'll see what happens." And it turned out to be a really, really good beer. Uh, so what's the black Roger? Uh, Black Project is uh, based. Well, it was the side project of former Future Brewing Company um, in Denver, and uh, Black Project just focused on wild yeast beers. So okay. basically, cool ship caught um, uh, wild beers and then spontaneously fermented beers, and so they they kind of Black Project was slowly growing and growing and growing all throughout uh, former Future's existence uh, to the point where black project became so much bigger of a presence that uh, James and Sarah decided to just kind of end the former future brand and totally switch over to black project.
0: Gotcha. Uh, but that happened
1: after I left. I think that happened like um, this last October or maybe September. Okay. Um,
2: yeah. Well, it says in the fall, yep. I remember when the changeover happened <clears throat> cause uh, they did a really
1: good job with that rebranding. I mm-hmm. thought they do a good job with all that, all that kind of shit a really yeah. good job. Um, but yeah, so they they just totally rebranded it and now they are a completely 100% wild yeast brewery. So, uh, that means most of the beers that they have are sour but um, they still have some like, they have a northeast IPA that's just made with uh, wild yeast that James isolated basically mm-hmm. and uh, grew up. So, so it's not all sour beer but it's all wild, you know, it's all wild yeast
2: and basically. I want to say they just released like, an imperial stout or stout of some sort that also wasn't sour. Yeah. Yep. Like just in too. the past,
1: like couple of weeks.
2: Yeah. So I think
1: I, like last week maybe.
2: Yeah. And I think that's cool. Cause I mean, originally I remember the first wild fermented beer I ever had was, it was, it was like a wild fermented Baltic porter or something. And it was, it was, it was tart. Uh-huh. And so, you know, naturally it was actually at the hop Grand Rapids. Oh, and, really? Nice. Yeah. And, um, for whatever reason ever since then, I was like oh okay I guess wild yeast naturally are sour so I don't know the Black Project kind of releasing like you know that that IPA and then this this stout's it's like kind of changing the perception for me because I'm like oh you can have yeah, wild definitely. yeast that aren't necessarily sour it's just a matter of what you know you find and stuff so definitely. I don't know I think it's wild pun not intended there, oh yeah actually. I was gonna say did you, <laughs> did you mean that because there's yeah. like that silence no. and the crickets and yeah. everything Nope, that was that dawned on me after I said, it. I'm "Like, oh, that's that's a bad joke that I didn't intend to make." <laughs> well, the best kind.
1: Well done. Exactly. I'll take. I'll take it. Should we pop this bottle of uh, black currant here then? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> can just have crickets while I'm uh, taking. Sam, tell more jokes. <laughs> Thirty seconds to open up the bottle. <laughs> oh man, on the spot. Okay. So... So, yeah, this is incipient uh, with uh, blackcurrants. So, it's a golden sour ale. Oh, my, my golden sour is always called incipient, and then there's usually some kind of extra, like either dry hops or fruit or something like that. Okay. So, this one is uh, blackcurrants. Oh, yeah. that, was, that was a good pop, man. I, I'm really happy about the pops. They sound really good.
2: <laughs> they, are, they are like stock footage in a movie worthy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, sad. it's like a satisfying, punchy pop.
2: Yeah. So what uh, made you decide on black currants for this version? Damn.
1: Um, Thank you. So there's this meadery in uh, Ferndale, uh, which is just outside of Detroit, uh, called Trams. Uh, probably a lot of the people listening will know of them already, but they make a mead called Black Agnes, which is uh, just a black currant mead. Okay, um, but it is just absurdly good, um, and I I had a bottle of it uh, a couple months ago. Well, I guess last winter, and uh, it just totally blew my mind. Uh, and I knew that I had to add black currants and some kind of beer. To something, <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I I never I had had them before, but I it never really stuck out to me. Uh, maybe it was a lighter black currant flavor or something like that, but. Sure. But, uh, when you taste black Agnes, it is like in your face, black currants. So I essentially wanted to make the sour beer version of that. Um, and this is my first attempt. I'm mean, going to probably try to make it every year, but, um nice. I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Uh, the base beer alone, when I tasted the base beer, like two weeks into fermentation, I thought the base beer was for whatever reason, one of the best beers that I had brewed in years. Um, and so I almost didn't add the blackcurrants because I tasted the base beer and I had the blackcurrants right by me there. And it's like, oh man, that's that's really good on its own. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want to screw this up potentially by adding fruit to it that I've never worked with before. Because most, most of the time I like to do pilot batches of of beers before I brew a 10 barrel batch. For sure. Um, and this one, I didn't do that at all. I just totally, basically guessed at the blackcurrant rate based on what I had... Talk to other brewers about uh and then uh i don't know i think it turned out really good though i'm happy with it at least i know cheers
2: cheers you guys are full of sound bites the pop the pour the clink
1: (laughs) oh damn that's good oh wow so this is border borderline too sour for me um but it's it's still it's still drinkable yeah so so good so it's on the it's close to being a you know uh, it's up there with the tartness, tart- yeah. But oh, yeah, the fruitiness—I like feel like the fruitiness is what saves it, because mm-hmm. it is really jammy and fruity. Uh, and so it might be tart, but there's still that like sweet fruitiness the balance. behind it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's also super, super dry, like totally bone dry, which is very different from the Shram's uh, Black Agnes, which is really, really sweet. I imagine uh, that's just like sort of like nectar. Yeah, it's nectar. basically <laughs> like molasses it's or something. Basically nectar yeah uh, and this is yeah. super dry, but the the flavor is still uh, definitely strong.
2: God
0: damn, Sam, this is so good, dude. I wish <laughs> you could try this
2: <laughs> uh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the bottle right now. It's like it's staring at me in
0: the eye. <clears throat> so recently I, I will I read an article and I don't remember how old it was, but it said that you were somewhere within like the top 20 of the untapped beers. Like
1: you have like at least one or two up there. Uh, on the overall rating uh, on Untapped, um, I think right now we're a tie for 15, but we have su- such a f- you know small amount of ratings that we're like bouncing all over the place right now. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so <laughs> yeah, we I think we started at like 19 because you can't be on that list until you get to a thousand ratings. So once we had a thousand ratings, we popped just you know magically poofed onto the list. Yeah, there we are. Uh, and we started at number 19, and uh, we've gone up and down a little bit since then. But I think as of today, we're – I think we're tied at 15. Um, and I hope – I think this is a lot, you know, driven a lot by this Black Currant beer because people just are – you know, people love it. Yeah, I can um, see why, yeah. So uh, that's that's definitely driving it up quite a bit lately. Um, I don't expect to to remain that high on the list. Or on the list at all. Long term, it'd be great if I if if you know we were on the list long term. But yeah, for sure. Um, I'm definitely happy about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, so, do you do like um, do you do tastings here at all, or is it basically like you do tickets and people come pick up their beer or what?
1: Uh, kind of both. Okay. Uh, the the format of the or the plan of the brewery is that uh, we're we're open one day a month, uh, always the second Saturday. And uh, the first Saturday of every month, we release tickets on Eventbrite. So that's that's the easiest way to get our beer. Um, and that's kind of the format. So you, you just reserve your bottles via a ticket. Mm-hmm. I'm doing air quotes right now. <laughs> a ticket on Eventbrite. And then uh, you come in here on the second Saturday and show me your ID. And I'll be like, oh, it looks like you have six bottles or whatever. And then you just pay for your bottles. And then uh, we've got a tasting bar, I guess, set up, uh, and people can get free tastes of two to three or four different beers that we have. Uh, usually, it's a combination of beers released in the past and beers coming out in the future. Um, and then we also have like a little merch table. So that's that's the easiest way for people to get the beer. Um, a lot of we allow proxies, so lot like tons and tons of Denver people buy beer for me every month just
2: (laughs) yeah but just I'm 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 gonna be one of those Denverites one of these days because you guys are down the street from my sister's house so oh perfect she's she's right in the hood
1: yeah that's I mean like just off the top of my head I can think of like eight or maybe nine people in Denver that buy my beer every single month that's so awesome <laughs> it's crazy that's so cool it's crazy are, are they people that you know or is it just uh, most of them okay. Yeah, most of them are uh, people who are agents at Black Project or gotcha. some, okay. something like that or I just knew from uh, you know the industry or whatever but it's awesome that they have your back yeah they have their support that's so it's cool it's pretty awesome uh, I, I really like I just love having people not in Michigan that are enjoying the beer like that's I didn't expect that at all so it's pretty awesome <clears throat> yeah um Excuse so, me. Uh, uh, inhale that, that
2: out. I
0: did. I did a sam right there. I inhaled that a little inhaled bit. The so, beer.
2: did you get the extra? Did you get the extra notes from that uh, exhale? Yeah. Yeah. It was great. <laughs>
0: it, was, it was good. Uh, good as good coming up as it was going down.
2: I can say that. That's <laughs> so oh, when you know a good beer. If it's good in both directions.
1: Uh. So, well, so I gotta we, say though.
0: Sorry to interrupt you. here. Oh, yeah. I gotta say with the space that is here, like. To give you an idea of where I'm sitting, I'm in like a typical warehouse. There's like a forklift and a bunch of machinery-looking things, but there's like also those like uh, those lights that hang at like restaurants and stuff. So it's got like this nice warm lighting, and there's like plants all along the wall and stuff. So it's it's got a really cool vibe to it. I mean, even the barrels, yeah. There's barrels. No, oh, there's also barrels, too. Bar- like, actual <laughs> wooden fucking barrels behind me.
2: Good eye for detail, Pete. That's a description and a half right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure I painted a lovely Norman Rockwell painting for everybody listening right green, now. There's
1: <laughs> green walls. Yeah. Uh.
0: <laughs> the uh, floor has a, a, a potted texture in some areas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we do, we do like, a schedule private tours and that kind of stuff, so... Uh, almost actually every single private tour i've given has been to somebody just out of state that's just like traveling Mm -hmm. uh kbs week was uh last week uh here in grand rapids so tons of -of out-of-towners came by and some of them just messaged me randomly on facebook and were like hey are you are you open do you have a tap room and i'd always be like no but if you want to swing by i'm at the brewery right now so i can give you a tour so Oh, cool. So yeah, we do we do private tours, and uh, usually I end up pulling some samples from barrels and uh, also from uh, just whatever bottles I have ready to go. Um, so yeah, the the space is definitely it's it's multi purpose. Uh, sure, I can do kind of whatever I want with it because it's open. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right.
2: For the most part, have people been uh, you know getting used to the kind of the business model and stuff, you know, Mitch, at first you said kind of, everyone's like, well, why would you want to not brew your own beer? Blah, blah, blah. But yeah. are they figuring out? Cause I, I, the parallel to me right now is, was immediately Casey out Definitely. here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, I, so it, it is, it's working and people are like, Oh, Oh, cause I, I mean, I personally, I, am a marketer by trade. So disruptive shit like this, that changes people's perception of how a business could and should be run. Are extra kind of interesting to me. Like, you know, obviously, I want to hear that that it's going well. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> no, it's going very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, this is Nobody actually my last day.
2: Open, guys. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by.
1: No, real uh, sensitive subject. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it is going really well, and that that was definitely uh, one of my biggest concerns. Uh, honestly, it was one of everybody's biggest concerns. Everybody's. I'm talking about like me and my wife and my parents and. All that kind of stuff. Uh, we, sure. It is not standard here to have a brewery without a restaurant, let alone a tap room. Um, God, I've
2: yes. been away for so long I forgot that. Yeah. You know?
1: I, I think every single brewery in Grand Rapids has food, I think. Uh, yeah, like at least pizza. Yeah.
0: Uh, Schmoes doesn't. Okay. If they even
1: still exist. Yeah, they do. Okay. They're also terrible at with... Do.
0: Sorry. Um... Nope. I didn't say
2: that. <laughs>
1: no, so... <laughs> So, yeah, okay, Schmoes doesn't uh, – and actually the hideout doesn't – okay, so there's a couple. There's a couple, but, yeah. but really, like, there's there's so many breweries in the surrounding area, and all of them have food of some some type. Uh, yeah. And so when I – a lot of the time the conversation goes like, hey, I own this brewery, and then they'll be like, oh, what kind of food do you have? And I'll be like
2: <laughs> – <laughs> let's take, just a brewery. <laughs> yeah, it's so like let's
1: take, like, five steps back uh, <laughs> and just go straight to – it's a brewery, and then we'll we'll expand upon that. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, the the model has been working really well. Uh, I was just thinking earlier today though that uh, one of the reasons why I did this model was to give me a little bit more freedom, like as far as my schedule and that kind of stuff. Because at former future black project, I always had to bartend. So that was just you know that's just something that we had to do. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I wanted sure. to get away from from spending so much time bartending. Uh, at first so that I could focus on the beer um, but I was thinking earlier today is like I have no time I don't I wouldn't even be able to bartend because I'd be so exhausted already um, so I'm really glad that I don't <laughs> I don't have a tap <laughs>
0: yeah for sure yeah there's just more overhead yeah you know? oh, like I, I feel so like much
1: more. T- time and money Yeah, well, both yeah for sure um, but so yeah we it's been going really well everybody comes out basically everybody comes out uh, the one day per month and if they can't make it they just send a proxy and most mostly everybody knows everybody here in West Michigan so unfortunately even yeah, if you, you kind of yeah, what guess, yeah 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 unfortunately mm-hmm. or fortunate right it yeah, depends on, on what you know yes uh, so so yeah the people that can't come out they just send a proxy and it's it's really not a problem at all. Um, I still want to open a tap room eventually, but it's going to be something where I hire a GM uh, to to take over that whole thing. Separate yourself from yeah. the business a little bit. I mean, I'll regard. still be there obviously all sure. the time, but I just can't. I don't have the energy to be able to do both. Yeah, uh, and I'd much rather focus editable. on the beer. Uh, that's that's why I opened this, not not to bartend. Right. So. Yep.
2: And do you have like the space in the facility you're in right now to like have a tap room, or would that be something that you kind of look for a second spot?
1: We're thinking the second spot. Uh, yeah. This is the space that I'm in is uh, kind of difficult to find. If you've never been here, you gotta look for it a little bit. Um, but we, we when we do open a tap room, I want it to be definitely in a better, more visible location. So. Um, sure. And this is all just theoretical. We haven't made any moves or anything like that, but... Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, it, it, I, and I'm just thinking of, like, kind of the area. It'd be super awesome if, like, that main strip of Comstock Park had an opening or something you could squeeze into. Yeah,
1: I've, I've been thinking about that <laughs> a lot, actually. I think that that like would up be... up by Cap and Cork, oh, like yeah. that area. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. there's so many cool buildings in that area, too. It's like... Yeah. Big be, time. It'd be really cool to have some something in that area. But we're, we wouldn't be locked down to any particular part of the city. Obviously, Comstock Park would be the easiest because you know, it would be right up the road. Yeah, um, transporting. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it, for a lot of reasons, it would be ideal. But um, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes up in the next year or two. You should definitely move to Elger Heights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, right next to Brass
0: Ring. <laughs> so I just have like four breweries right around my house. That would be cool. I mean, just consider it. I'm just saying. I'll think about it. All right, thanks. That's all I need.
2: <laughs> Pete, Pete, Pete's turning into business development consultant right yeah. now.
0: I'm all about that biz dev, man.
2: The
1: biz stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and by the way, Casey was a huge influence on this. Uh
2: Okay, I was gonna actually I, I thought about that outright earlier and I totally forgot. So I'm glad you said that yeah. because like the model itself seems Sorry I, to
1: just abruptly change gears there, but I it just popped into my mind, so I had to No, we welcome talk. that entirely. I okay. mean none of this is scripted or yeah. anything. So <laughs> So yeah, Casey Casey's business model was a huge <laughs> influence on uh on how we got going because that and also just talking to James uh constantly at Black Project. I mean every day I would go into work and James and I would just bounce ideas off of each other all day long, every day. And a lot of it was like, well, what would he do differently? What should I do in the future? Because he knew that I was going to start a brewery eventually, someday. So a lot of our conversations kind of, you know, revolved around that kind of stuff. So uh, seeing Casey's model work really well, and, you know, he cultivated a uh, pretty serious fan base just by doing it that way. Just, I feel like the interaction... Of him, he's so accessible. If you if you want to buy bottles and literally stop in and talk to him, that's you know you can do that, and that's pretty rare for most breweries. Like to be able to talk to the owner or the brewer is yeah. it's so sep- you're, You as a consumer or a customer or a guest or whatever, you're so separated from the actual process and the brewer and all that stuff. Other than the boring ass brewery tours, you know, that everybody does. <laughs> Hey. I still love
2: those I maybe <laughs> I'm just that big of a nerd about breweries but I will look at the same fucking setup of a brewery 100 times <laughs> well,
1: I, I say boring ass but really like I, I do love them as well but uh, but they are they are kind of boring but I, I love them still. It's it's nice to see what everybody's like, who everybody has,
0: because then you feel like you're a little bit more connected to the brewery. So you're the same. There's that disconnect.
1: I always learn more things whenever I go to another brewery. You're <laughs> mm-hmm. so. like, ooh, I should be doing that. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, every single brewery tour I've ever gone on, I've learned something. So, whether it's something not to do or something to do, you know, uh, I've always learned something. So it's always worth it. But so, anyways, Casey, yeah, that that was a huge influence, and also just other breweries, uh, Adam Adam Brewing and Erie. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Porn, I've talked to him a lot about, like, just starting a small farmhouse brewery, and, like, uh, he opened right a couple months before we did, and so we, we talked a lot about regulations and, like, okay form, like bottle format and how to cork your bottle and just every single little thing, uh, but he doesn't have a brew house, and he doesn't have a tap room either, so we kind of just you know, bonded over that, I guess. Yeah, you can kind of commiserate mm-hmm. with... Yeah, yeah like, commiserate yeah. slash bond. Yeah, that.
2: right. <laughs> did did that change your licensing at all for like what you needed compared to a, you know, full production like brewery? No. Or is it since, uh, since you're actually fermenting it? Unfortunately, the alcohol, there's no...
1: The same? Yep, there's no difference. The, the government really only cares about whether you have alcohol or not. So okay, uh, I'm making okay. beer, so I get a brewery. I'm fully licensed as a brewery. Like I could, I could drop a brew system in here and... Uh, you know, start brewing on it and I wouldn't have to change my licensing at all. Okay. Uh, So, in some ways that's nice, in some ways it's still a huge pain in the ass because I I have to jump through all the same hoops as everybody else. Right. Even though I basically don't handle grain, I rarely handle hops, like, uh, you can tell in here it's just tanks and barrels. That's it. (laughs) That's it. That's all that's in here. So, uh, it, it is a little annoying in some ways, definitely. But, it doesn't matter, really. Right. And we, you got through all the
0: red tape anyway, We got through so. all the red
1: tape. We jumped through all the hoops, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Uh, that was terrible, by the way. If you're on the fence I, about opening a brewery or not, uh, and you're nervous about that part, just, you probably shouldn't open a brewery. <laughs> <laughs>
2: if you're nervous about jumping through it's, hoops and red tape. for a good reason. It's because that's, jump that's
1: going to be your life uh, every day. Uh, How long did it take you? Uh, it took me... Um, we got this space in it was May sixteenth, and we opened uh, January fourteenth. Oh, so okay, it took us what six, seven months, seven months, and that was um, all cutting through red tape and shit. Uh, it was all getting inspections, it was all that. Yep. god, <laughs> dude, god. <laughs> that was that was. Yeah, like, my eternal. That was ninety percent of what I was doing. Uh, was just you know. Reading. Is it bad that I
2: was going to say that's, that's like good, right? I thought like compared to what some brewers go through out here, it seems like that uh, I don't well, know, seven months is like, I don't know, I thought that was a good amount of time. It's super
1: fast, but also I don't have a brew house to install. I didn't have construction to be done. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. So, you know, if I did have a tap room and, that, and a brew house, that would have definitely pushed it out probably at least six months more. Uh, just with construction and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. okay but but that kind of that kind of shit takes forever here so I mean I have I have friends who are opening breweries and it's taken them literally years to open just because there's so much to do yeah Uh, even more hoops to jump through but yeah this is I just rented the warehouse space I got some sinks installed that's my that was my whole build out was (laughs) (laughs) I added a hot water heater and two sinks that was my three, three sinks uh, that was my whole build out. So splurge,
2: splurge in that third sink. huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, the government made me put that. Thing
2: in. Uh, <laughs> the, gov- the government made me do it. Yeah. Always Angel with a third mama. fucking sink. They yeah, always get you the third
1: sink. <laughs> that, it's that hand washing sink. They really want your hands to be clean. I've I've literally used that hand washing sink for washing my hands like three times, uh, just because you uh, never wash your hands or you no, wash them elsewhere. No, just like why would I? Why would I go to? <laughs> what? Why would I go to a separate sink to wash my hands from the one that I'm already cleaning right, stuff right, right. in? Like they're they're right next to each other. Uh I kind of <laughs> thought you were joking when you said the third sink was made no, it's,
0: you it's were like for real. Jesus. No, it's
1: for real. <laughs> yeah, that oh, is that is for real. Is so fucking
0: dumb. I, yeah.
2: I'd be grudge washing my hands in that sink. Like, all right, fuck you sink. Here's what's happening. Wash <laughs> yeah. my hands. I You're
0: have a fucking, fucking pile of cat shit I'm going to wash yeah. my hands
2: with.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you, you can do that. Yeah. Technically. No, that's, that's okay. Oh, don't spit up on your computer. <laughs> oh, that was so close. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> uh.
0: <coughs> Mitch, you almost killed me, man. All right, I'm good. I'm good. All right, good. All well, right, you would go.
2: Have, would have just let loose. And <laughs> <have a> <laughs> so,
0: just the fact that you said, oh, you can actually do that. Yeah. I just, I really <laughs> lost my shit.
2: I'm going uh, to show first right there. Almost had it.
0: I'm a pro at that, though, as you can tell, yeah. because I didn't spit beer all day. No, you didn't. Place, you was covered cool. your
1: mouth. There's good. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm good now. I just... Have, I just imagine that scene in uh, that one episode of Archer where he bangs the dictator's wife, and then she shows up and he's drinking a big like glass of wine next to a like forty million dollar painting, and he's looking at the painting in his glass <laughs> like he's about to do a spit take and then just swallows it. It's like ah, dramatic, <laughs> <laughs> but that's because he's a fucking pro.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's basically what I just saw. Yeah, that's <laughs>
2: that's what just transpired over here, Sam. All right, danger zone. <laughs>
0: So you want to move on to some weird fucking questions? Sure. I'm
1: down for whatever. All right. Let's do it <laughs> All right. then.
2: All right. So this is part of the show for uh, any new listeners where we, now that we're sufficiently comfortable with our guest, we ask them a few uh, deeper questions, I suppose. Uh, nervous. Pete likes to go with a method he calls good news, bad news, which is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> he proposes a good news scenario and there's bad news to go with it. And then uh, I play kind of a good cop with just straight "Would you rather" questions. So
1: <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm really nervous.
2: Oh, don't be! This is this will be good. <laughs> I think you are made for these questions. All right, I have faith. Pete, you want you want to kick it off? Yes. All right, good.
0: Because yes, I, I do. don't have my shit up. <clears throat> okay, this is one of my favorites. So the good news is you've just inherited a magical cabinet that lets you grab any hop strain, any yeast strain, any beer in general, any barrel from past or future, any malt in existence. But the bad news is that every time you use it, every time you open the door actually... A huge fucking angry Kodiak bear stalks and tries to attack you and kill you for six days straight. And it's like
1: it follows here or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And like if you so like let's say you open it up and you're like, Oh god damn it, there's that fucking Kodiak bear again, then you close it and then you open it again, now there's two Kodiak bears. Oh, that's and they multiply. Not on, I mean, not going to fuck each other and multiply, but like... (laughs) So next (laughs) time I open it, it's like a baby bear. Yeah, right, just a cub springs out. that's kind of cute. So the bear will appear outside of your house, though, or spawn, I think, as we said on another podcast, using video game terms Uh a little bit. So the the bear will spawn outside of your house and try to get into your house to kill you. Uh, So, okay. Okay. So the question is, uh, how often would you use the cabinet? Uh, if, If at all, how often would you use it and what would you grab from it?
1: Okay, uh, just any theoretical thing. Yeah. Okay.
0: Basically anything beer-related. That's, pr- that's, that's actually a pretty easy
1: it. question. Okay. Um, the <laughs> first beer, the first official beer that Black Project made was Flyby, okay. and we only made like 50-ish gallons of it, and it was in a single barrel, and it was spontaneously fermented. Still one of my all-time favorite beers, and I have one bottle in existence right right now oh uh, shit so i would grab that barrel uh that existed three four years ago three years ago yep oh, How'd that's you deal a good with answer that I, is a fantastic answer but how would you deal with a bear i i i don't know maybe spray sour beer in its eyes
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> also a good answer yeah.
2: <laughs> that's the only thing i can think of that's what you have the most on hand of, right? So it's yeah, like I would easily just spit accessible. Take, uh, at the bear's <laughs> yeah. eyes. Yep.
0: Uh, all right, Sam. It's all you, man.
2: All right. So, uh, would you rather go temporarily
1: blind or deaf while drunk? Oh God, while drunk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That tot- That actually does totally change uh, things. I would rather go temporarily deaf while drunk. Um, if I was sober, it would be the opposite. But um, I feel like I would have a better bearing on reality. Uh, yeah, yeah cause I agree.
2: Spins with no sight.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think if I was drunk and I went blind, I would probably think I'm dead. I think i would be dead in like around five minutes i'd probably fall down a pair of stairs like a flight of stairs if i wasn't dead already i would be yeah
0: immediately after
2: and actually i just thought of this too i mean if you're really drunk it's not like you can hear yourself anyway so it's not like you're going to be any quieter true if you can't hear, period so that's uh that's a fair answer it's a good one yeah
0: Alright, so the next one is, uh, the good news is, is that you meet a hobo that gives you a magical sandwich, and you you use this to uh, wild brew a five-gallon one-off batch, and it's really super fucking good. And you also learn that after you drink this magical beer, uh, you brew it all in bombers, so you have like 25, oh, 25 bombers or 26 bombers or whatever. So, if you drink one of these things, you learn that you can run at the speed of a cheetah for 25 seconds with complete sobriety, regardless of how much you drank before, (laughs) but as soon as 25 seconds is up, you are immediately, like, the very awake, blackout, scary drunk. Mm. Where, like, you know, you're, like, looking at people, but your eyes are blinking at separate times. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all glassy and kind of googly.
1: So, what's the question?
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how, would so you use, sense, how would you, you use? How would you use three of these beers?
1: Three of the uh, one would be hard enough to think of. Uh, would you? Yeah. I mean, you could like sell them to. Oh, well, I'd probably sell uh, one or two of them on the secondary market, secondary beer market. I'm just kidding. Then.
0: I was going to say, is there like a black market of
1: beer that oh, I'm missing here? Yeah, like yeah there's there's dark here, web of beer. There's definitely a black market of beer. There's a black market of anything you want, Pete. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. especially the, the, awesome. the beer black. That's a whole other very serious conversation that we shouldn't have right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not prepared for that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably uh, give one away to some random person without telling them anything about it. Awesome. Uh, the other one... Uh, gee, I, I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's honestly the most difficult question anybody's asked me in my life. Really? Yeah. I can't, wow. I just can't think. I'm of, honored. I can't think of an answer.
0: Somebody said know. they would <laughs> bet, who did we have where they said they would bet somebody that they could run really fast oh, and, and then, then like, or like I can chase this yeah, tra- yeah. taxi or whatever. That,
2: that, was fucking Jake, uh, jake uh hipster brufus right 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 yeah that's right i thought that was
0: such a good answer <laughs> that, like that's what i would do i would just make stupid fuck like hustle people that, hustle that'll
2: yeah. actually that'll actually be on the last episode the previous the the pre- episode previous to this one once it actually airs oh
0: nice nice okay yeah so we're talking about good the, th-
2: good callback the good callback yeah i know i'm
0: totally I'm getting into a real <laughs> totally show got consistency thing down that's amazing
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know i i honestly don't know what i would do uh I would I would probably just drink it and just, you know, for fun. Just yeah. just run. <laughs> just run <laughs> at the speed of a forest. cheetah. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, and you have like 22 bombers left. Even after those yeah, that's three. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: There's so many more.
0: And it's such a shit thing, too. Like, when you just, like, who wants to run really fast? Like, what the fuck are you going to do for 25 <laughs> seconds? What are you going to do with that?
1: I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, run, I'd run to Founders.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then just be like, weird blackout drunk. Somehow getting the Pretty normal niche. for some people there. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I saw it, one of the last times I was there really late. I saw a dude puke all over the floor. It was. Oh, he God. was trying to go to the bathroom and he didn't make it. Obviously, he barely made it out of his bar stool and then just fucking puked all over the floor, running to the bathroom. It was fantastic. Do you want some Ooh, more beer? There's more man. in there. Oh, absolutely, I do. If you don't mind. I do not. Oh, thank you. You're even pouring it for me. hmm He's a perfect, perfect
2: uh, host i try. Sounds like it. I have beer. I mean, yeah, he is a right. perfect. He even, point, he even sent me beer. So that's, yeah, exactly. you know, wh- what more could any two fun-loving
1: podcasters ask for? <laughs> I don't, not too much, man. Maybe <laughs> a bottle of beer that makes you run really, really fast. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or not well, for an angry Kodiak bear yeah. to appear when I open yeah. my magical cabinet.
2: Uh-huh. All right, Sam. Okay, so... Would you rather drink this is fun it's a bum again. Would you rather drink a bum's ass sweat that tastes like Bourbon County Stout or a Bourbon County Stout that tastes like a bum's ass sweat?
1: Uh great question. Definitely a bum's ass sweat uh because it's not an AB product.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: You don't know that though. I mean, it could be. Actually, that's a good point. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to err on the side of uh, not being, though. <laughs> probably a good side roll, air on there.
2: Willing to roll those dice, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, I've become more, uh, uh, more and more anti-AB the longer I've owned a business, uh, a brewery in particular.
0: Uh. I'm sure that's, like, the equivalent of, like, the neighborhood hardware store hating Home Depot yeah, or something, probably. you know, like, except on a much grander scale, yeah. maybe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Maybe even much more personal. Cause yeah, exactly. Yeah, because... Personal.
0: Yeah, because you're doing something that you love and you're passionate about, and... They've... And they're trying to kill me. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to <laughs> squash you <laughs> every they're single
1: turn.
2: You. Oh, there's yeah. this guy across the street from my brewery every morning. Just watching me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's A, B, and Bev right Basically, there. Basically,
1: yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> in a lot of ways. I mean, not to me right now, but yeah it feels it feels like it
2: <laughs> they're targeting the top 15 on tabs so you should probably drop down a couple notches just oh, to get boy. off their radar you
1: know I think all the breweries in the top 15 on untapped are probably too small for them to even be yeah. interested in acquiring most of them at least anyways no. this is a very con- very serious conversation you know yeah, yeah. One we, can we can go
0: on for hours, hours and hours <laughs> <clears> Sam
1: we don't
2: we don't do serious so did you just ask a question? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I did. That was fine, yeah. Okay.
0: This is, my, this is my last one, and it's a throwback. I haven't used this one in a while, but it's kind of similar to my last one. Oh, great. Okay. All right. So <laughs> so actually, it's similar to the Kodiak Bear one. So the I good like news is one. you have access to any beer recipe ingredient, keg of beer. I'm assuming you're going to go with, with that batch. Of... I might be
1: able to switch it up, though. Okay. Okay.
0: Fair enough. Okay, so you have access to any beer recipe ingredient or keg of beer or any amount of beer from any time in the past or present. But the only uh, caveat and the bad news is you have to eat um, funnel cake dog shit equivalent to the amount that you want. So, like, if you want a growler, you have to eat, like, a chunk of dog shit that's served up as a funnel cake. If you want, like, a very, very large vat of something, you're going to have to have, like, a massive bowl or a five gallon bucket of... okay
1: i i think i got i think i got it okay all right because i can keep uh, going with no, I, and I, I got it this. I got okay it. all right, yep, cool. right mm-hmm, we're good <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so i would uh, there there's this legendary barrel in uh in sour beer called ph1 um and it, it went back and forth between uh it's a very long story it's good though uh uh so it's called PH1, went back and forth between uh, Russian River and uh, New Belgium, so Vinny and uh, Lauren Salazar, and uh, went back and forth and just always made ridiculously good beer every single time. Hmm. Every single time they used it, it made amazing beer, uh, and then uh, somehow it ended up at Rare Barrel because the, the brewery named Rare Barrel is named after that, that barrel. Um, Oh, so interesting! Yes, ah, okay. so so that's like kind of the legend of the rare barrel or whatever to make it sound like <laughs> cool and mystical. Yeah, definitely. Which it kind of is. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm digging that story. So, so I would take just the tiniest little sample of it and <laughs> drop it into a mason jar of fresh <laughs> words to grow it up uh, to to grow whatever is in there up into something that I can. Uh, uh, use. That way, all I have to take is, we'll we'll say, we'll be specific and say, like, a dime size sample. A dime bag of funnel cake Yeah, a, di- a dime, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a dime bag, yeah, sure, I can, yeah. Are we going yeah. by weight or by... Uh, I think just, like, visual quantity, uh, you know, like... I might take a smaller sample. Okay,
2: not that enough. not that any of us know about marijuana, but you know, if you're going by visual <laughs> reference, we yeah, know, I know roughly how I much <laughs> that
0: is. I Took a drug test, and I am sure I passed today. So definitely, <laughs> it was my own Pete. Um, you keep saying it
2: on air, Pete. You're gonna pass. Don't worry. Yes, I am. Don't
0: you
1: worry about it, work. <laughs> <laughs> It's so it's so funny that that's that's a thing that happens here because in Colorado I feel like nobody really drug tested. No one gives a shit. No, at, at least um, there. I mean,
0: my actual employer, Sam. You don't have to cut this out if you don't want to, but uh, my my employer actually right now does not drug test.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: It's just that we are being contracted by a much mm, larger mm-hmm, company, mm-hmm. and because we have to have access to their their lab, they want they want me to mm-hmm. do the background check and the drug test. Well,
1: at least they give you some. Morning. yeah right and if and not if that actually, it mattered
0: not that it mattered at all no. but even if i did <laughs> even if i did fail it it's not like i couldn't work on the project i just could not yeah. work as closely with
1: it okay. which i guess
0: is okay but
1: but you want definitely
0: passed it definitely passed it with my own urine
2: <laughs> starting to sound like a seinfeld sketch yeah <laughs> not, not yeah. that i didn't pass it <laughs> oh man so uh, did we finish that question? I was yes, yes. Listening, and I you thought You'd eat we a dime bag
0: worth of funnel cake dog shit to get a piece of that legendary barrel. <laughs> I would. Dime,
2: <laughs> I would legend, do that. <laughs> a legendary dime bag, which, ironically enough, if you uh, try to order that at a Colorado dispensary, they will just ask you to leave. So yeah, huh.
1: don't do that. Yeah, it's, they don't like that definitely. Not that I know.
2: <laughs> Not that I know either. No, no, no.
0: Yeah, I none don't. of this is from experience. I definitely none of us don't
1: do
2: drugs. Okay, uh, I was gonna pull up my other question. I didn't. So <laughs> right, this question's really stupid, so we're gonna end on a strong note. Uh, would you rather have a stout with a logger's personality or a logger with a stout's personality? Yeah, this question's pretty lame, man. Uh,
1: it's kind of
2: it's kind of fun though. I like uh, I like to like so
0: shit. <laughs> I I'd probably <laughs> I, like I'd,
1: I shit myself. No,
0: so I like, <laughs> said I just like giving you shit.
1: Oh, okay <laughs> fair enough. I'd probably rather have a stout with a loggers personality uh Ooh. because um my my favorite style of beer is probably it changes a lot, but like the last couple of years has been Pilsner uh, sure oh, okay. and so really that's that's my answer to the question but uh I don't know i just i love i love loggers if somebody if I just had a half a million dollars that I didn't have to like get from people to start a brewery. Um I would have started a lager brewery definitely. Um nice. But that's awesome. but I don't have that and I, and I can start a small farmhouse <laughs> brewery for $50,000 or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe a little more than that. Uh so so that's, you know, that's why I did this. I I love fermentation in general, but um like as far as the kinds of beer that I like to drink on a regular basis is lager. Uh that's fair. And I'd like that
2: actually the industry is kind of, well, not the industry, but a lot of people in the industry are getting back to that basics thing. Because for a while it was who can make the biggest, baddest, craziest fucking beer. Oh, it's getting,
1: uh, it, it still is ridiculous, but uh, it, I feel like it's getting better.
2: I feel like I see, and I, I'm, I don't know, I guess I read a lot of the Colorado Let's Talk Craft beer group. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we see a lot of, you know, the folks in there are like, yeah, they like a good lager and all that shit. Along with all the other wild stuff that goes on, but definitely, I feel like I'm seeing more of that conversation where, we're like, yeah, you, know, you know, a good pilsner, a good, you know, you know, light lager, good Vienna lager, and stuff is, you know, appreciated as much as something that has six trillion IBUs. Definitely, and I've know.
1: I've noticed that in that group and in Michigan uh, beer groups as well. Uh, just that people are starting to. I feel like a couple of years ago, the, the standard answer to like a Pilsner or any kind of lager is like, "What? Like, that's so boring. Why would you drink that? And <laughs> yeah. now uh, people are like thinking about it for half a second before they decline it. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's uh, steps in the right direction. Definitely. Uh, we still don't have anything like Pivo pills out here. Uh, no, we don't. Unfortunately. So, uh, but, but somebody will do it eventually. I, actually, It'll show I was up. at the Mitten uh, uh, like a week ago. I love those guys. Me too. I yeah, love they're those so guys. cool.
0: But uh, they just had a lot of like I wouldn't say like regular beers, but it just they didn't have like massive fucking beers. And know? that's like, that's why they're awesome. one of my
1: favorite breweries in the whole city is because yeah. uh, you go in there and they've got like a killer Kolsch and uh, a solid
0: uh, straight up lager. Yeah,
1: yep. And then and then maybe like uh, the, well, their brown one of their flagship beers is an English Brown Ale. Um, oh, and, that's my jam right and there, and it is yeah. so good. I love English beer too. So that, like, anytime I walk into a place and there's like a good English beer, like low alcohol and just like malty but still totally drinkable. Yeah, yeah, that, that is, and and the Mitten's full of beers like that. Like half their menu is just like regular beers, but still really interesting and well done. And done, yeah, and done well, yeah, yeah. They're they're and, great, and even their
0: like bigger beers, they do really well. Definitely, well, you
1: know.
2: Well, uh, Mitch, you know, thanks for, uh, joining us. Appreciate you, uh, hosting Pete and letting him, yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: Cheers. Thanks again. Cheers.
2: Sir hand washing sink. Oh, you guys are your sound bites.
0: Yeah. I bite. just, I just slammed the rest. Of I could, I so could not good. do that. So good. That's what,
2: that's how Pete operates.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Mitch, where can, uh, people, I don't know, find your information via social media or website or anything like that that you would want to share?
1: Yeah, we're on, uh, we're on Facebook. Um, so, you can just search for speciation if you can figure out how to spell that. It's a mouthful. Uh, you gotta earn that. You gotta figure it out on your own. Yeah, it's, it's pronounced speciation. Uh, and then uh, that's you can look that up on Facebook. And then our website is speciationales.com. Uh, and I try to keep all that very up to date. Uh, and then Instagram too, speciationales. I'm very active on Instagram. Uh, I post almost daily uh so that that's probably the best way uh to to find us website i try to just keep all the information on the website so um if people want to find our beer or contact us for some reason um, that's the best way Right on.
0: Thanks for listening to the Beer and Loathing Podcast. You can find us on all those cool fucking podcast aggregators all the kids are listening to nowadays. iTunes, Instagram, Twitter, the Facebooks. Beerandloathing.com. It's all beer and loathing. Except for YouTube. YouTube's a little weird. It's tune in, get drunk, but it's still funny and it's still pertinent. So tune in and get drunk on YouTube.
2: We used to have a drinking game I tried to promote for this show, and if Pete got caught having to pee, that was a drink. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
2: Yeah. It's never caught
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so it, was, <laughs> so it, it doesn't, have, enough. doesn't happen quite often enough. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs>